Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Patreon-exclusive edition of Under Flawless the Transition. Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night, and the creatures we're laughing with today are Cody Hensling, Brandy... The inhale. What? Co- Cody Hensling, Brandy Dale, Stephanie Hensley. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie set the stage. Well, right he's known for Northwest Ohio, Stephen Hensley. <laughs> yeah, and we, if we're filming in middle point it's steven hensley we're, we're coming off a riveting homo, like homosexual conversation right. that we're fucking loving right now uh we wanted to capture some of the magic for you guys and we're going to keep on with that however i will say for those of you that are joining us uh we do have director stephanie hensley uh and composers both brandy dale and cody heslin clap it up uh composers have- they never get enough credit yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, like, otherwise you just have silence behind the rest of the fucking movie. And that's fucking weird. Um, and actually, like, on that note, it was really funny because uh, there was a scene that was in y'all's trailer for The Demons Within, which is what everybody is from, which is why we're having part of this uh, exclusive interview right now. What? what? Uh, yeah, Eric's here, too. Uh- <laughs> that, Eric, that Eric guy showed up. Uh, but it was really funny because there was a there was a scene in the trailer where I was just kind of like it really didn't hit for me, and then I saw the scene with sound once y'all got all that together. I was like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, the cut deeper bitch, and it was weird when I watched it in the trailer. And then like I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense now. And, like you had like the the voice augmentation and the sound behind it. Like it was a, it was a totally different paradigm. Mm-hmm. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you guys. For, yeah, thank you guys for being on our show. Uh, we're super excited to have you. It's been an absolute blast so far. They heard about you guys a little bit so far in the uh, in the actual episode, and we'll get a little bit more into some demons within stuff that you want to talk about here in a minute. Uh, but first, let's start off with you were talking about bringing L.A. stars to bumfuck Indiana. So what the <laughs> no, bumfuck Ohio. Oh, bumfuck Ohio. Well, th- let's be real. They're the same state. They're the same picture. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know. No, it, it was interesting. Uh, so we had some, um, and, and truthfully, it wasn't like the, the, the bigger name. So it wasn't like Andre or Ryan or Vincent or Deborah that came in. But we had some of the, the, the LA talent that was, um, God, I'm going to try to word this without being offensive, but I'm like four PBRs in. They have 100 IMDBs. They've been on every TV show you've ever watched but you won't you won't remember them but they 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 come in and i'm i mean i'm a lesbian obviously super i'm like uh, all i need i don't even need a rainbow tattoo (laughs) on my like like dude i have the i have like edward cullen hair and like i sparkle in the 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 fucking sunlight and yes i shit rainbows and sadly she's seen me drunk enough she probably could (laughs) Steven, but so i've been up to middle point a couple times and um i honestly uh, more than a couple probably 10 12 40 times during the the progress of the film and every person up there was super accepting of me and, and i don't know they they're more personality kind of based in my opinion everyone gives them a hard a hard rap because it's trump country and they're like oh republican christian and every person i've ever encountered has been overly nice mm-hmm. so we we get some 
LA talent in and uh, they, they got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got nervous. Um, they're like putting their rainbows in their purse. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, oh, I'm straight, but <laughs> this My Little Pony needs to go away right now. And like, I have a husband with 16 kids, but I got to hide this. And uh, But I don't know. I think people give a bad rap to small towns. I think it's kind of like they, they figure it on like uh, a whole instead of individual. Every person I ever encounter, I, I live in a small town. I live on the Ohio River in the fucking country. Like, I just got internet a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'm so glad it worked out for us. <laughs> but it, we get some of this, the, some of the talent in from the West Coast, and they were they were like, "Are you nervous?" And I'm like, "No. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should I be nervous?" well you're you're in trump country and you're obviously you're obviously fucking gay like are you okay with this and i'm like are you okay with this <laughs> this feels like a really no, like honestly it, it really is an instance of the, the the loudest people in the room are usually the most insecure yeah we have a lot of good people here it's not you know it's just the loudest ones that bitch the most about everything in life you know they're pissed because the sky's blue on a tuesday like mm-hmm. but that was one of the reasons why I thought it would be cool to shoot here because. Dude, you know, I wanted to get Westboro Baptist Church out there when we were filming. I was like, that's <laughs> fucking great publicity. Can we fucking hashtag these bitches and get them out here? As it turns out, we actually just re- we filmed fucking uh, Red State 2. yeah i'm like i'm like can we just fucking like get these people out here but no it was it was honestly the whole town was great i mean and i can honestly say without the help of some of the local people we wouldn't have been able to make the film you know like i don't know if you guys um, no they watched it oh you guys both watched yeah you both watched uh the emt stuff Mm -hmm. that's actually middle point emt no kidding the two brothers, the two brothers, they're twins, which is hilarious in and of itself. But um, both those guys are actually EMTs, and and up until that point, um, my brother, who he couldn't be on with us, but my brother was kind of like he's more of a the social butterfly, and he kind of has connections in towns that I don't locally. Um, up until that point, we were which they like, both underutilize themselves because they both have hot wives. <laughs> so yeah. if they would just if they would both use their wives for all the shit they need that's what they'd be for. on the they would be on they the next tier it. already um, <laughs> they're doctors anyhow, <laughs> you mentioned my hot wife and it threw me off a little bit sorry um sorry she is i'm sorry Calm down. I just call, like, I see it. yeah she is she's not gonna watch this but she's hot um, oh, I'm going to tell her to watch. I'll be like, Heidi, I complimented you, not your husband. <laughs> but with that, like, we were, we were like, pounding our heads. How are we going to make this, this scene, you know, look good and, and, and imply that there's, you know, an EMT coming in and, like, and up until that point, we're like, well, we could, you know, we could put in some red and blue blinking lights and we'll still have people playing EMTs. We'll get a cot. And then my brother's like, hey, you know, Middle Point Fire Department, they're going to bring in a bus and they'll park it in the driveway to make it, you know, and we can like u- utilize it to like wheel her out to the front. And then, you know, so we were like, oh, that'll that'll up the production value a little bit. And it turns out they were both on call all night that night that they showed up. 
And it but just they had so no calls. They had no calls for three hours. So we were like, but all right, we guys, made the nosy go. people page. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a local page. We're like, why is there an ambulance at the Hessling house for three hours and stuff? But, you know, it, it just added so much. And I'm, and I'm sure you guys saw that scene. That was like off the fly. We're like, all right, guys, you're going to be in this movie way more than what you thought when you pulled in. It, we got 12 um, minutes of gonna, no cutting. Yeah. That's so what you said. Like, so that whole scene yeah, is like right. twelve minutes of no cuts. I think the only thing we had to punch in was Alicia's reaction. That's a Reservoir dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. So we're like, all right, guys, you're gonna. And play then I this, spelled like, feet afterwards. I'm Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like feet. play this like you would normally. Play it, play it like you would as if you were actually going to a psychiatric call. Yeah, I think it on. a couple yeah. of the reviews people have mentioned that like. You know, it looks real. I'm like, that's because it is. Like, <laughs> if that looks real, real, you would normally do. Also, and the one actor we had on set for that day, uh, BJ, he actually is an ex-cop. So y'all were caught. So, <laughs> so we looked into two fully trained paramedics. I'm like, don't look at the camera, whatever you do. And then an ex-cop <laughs> like, got into acting, oh. and they're like, okay, we're just gonna. <laughs> well, but then Spencer blacked out. Oh shit. And like she was swinging and like hitting and like we got to like we cut that night and the adrenaline was so high and they're like dude she punched me in the face but I didn't feel it <laughs> and I'm like I'm sorry <laughs> but it so looked like, good on camera kind of stuff that you don't get as a credit to our town that's the like we didn't have to pay a dime for any of that mm-hmm. and I don't think you get that kind of um, support in a bigger town so it, it, it is a plus to be in a smaller area shooting because definitely agree like the school we got the school for. I think an investment share or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but, I think he you got know, one, one investment share, but we did like the front of the all the psychiatric stuff. Yeah. Um, we Dr. literally Kane shot stuff. the entire film in three locations. That was and there's got to be some like novelty to that as a small town, too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're shooting a movie in our town. That's fucking cool. Let's see. Let, but know, it was kind of neat down. to see these LA's people come in and they're like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> well, there are some flags everywhere, and I'm how, like, that's how progress well, happens. You put people yeah. together that don't think they would get along with each other, and they find out they both like Shania Twain. You know, <laughs> it's like it's all good. <laughs> I mean, one I of my favorite Taylor Swift, of, but whatever. Right. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of um, the whole thing didn't even involve the film. It was a uh, so. My one thing when we took over this, I'm like, if I'm going to plan the travel and I'm going to, you know, get these people in, I'm picking them up from the airport because I want to pick up Andre and pick up, you know, Ryan and Deborah. Like, I don't care if I, you know, every other every other aspect of the project I'm in on if you need anything, but I'm picking them up. And I got to hang out with them a little bit. And after everybody had went back to their um, either, I think most Ryan and Andre had something going on in North Carolina or whatever, but they posted this uh instagram video because they stayed at a hotel down the street from uh, a veterinarian's office and there's a video of them uh andre's carrying ryan on his shoulder up to the vet vet's office and they're playing uh peaches by uh president of the united states of america and uh he captioned it something like taking ryan to get his shots or something like that it's just like it's hilarious for some reason because they don't see that stuff i mean you get into those bigger cities and California and places like that, you know, Deborah's like, there's so much corn here. I'm like, you don't realize, like, 
because you're used to it. Um, and they haven't, like, they don't see that stuff very often. So. Like they're waiting for little kids to run out of the field or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, I, I wouldn't pick anywhere other than like, we're honestly, when it comes to filming like independent film, when you have like a tight budget, you know, a like 50 to even 200,000, which is insane money. You, if you get in with the towns, like you're in. And it's something that people I think overlook when they're filming uh, the world premiere, like world premiere and middle point. It, we're not going to make a ton of money. I hope we do, I but hope at the do. same yeah. that makes another movie. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like we film there, so they deserve they deserve like what they can get. And that drive-in, they came in 50-50 cut. Hell yeah! So and- like the more cars we can get in there, like it's gonna help that town to be like, yes, let's keep making movies here, let's keep doing this here, and that kind of thing. And it comes a spot, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, we and there's so much there that, that can be utilized for filming that it's insane because people overlook it because it's Trump country or yeah. all Republican or what. But, but they're people at the end of the day. Like, you I've never been, I've never country. felt out of place there, never once. Absolutely agree. That's what people forget. It doesn't matter. Like, you, you put all that lame shit aside and people are people like i was telling you guys earlier i judge people by two things you're nice or you're an asshole that's it nothing else and i'm the only asshole he works with (laughs) (laughs) so from here on out you better be nice when we went to uh pittsburgh for the wolf hollow premiere we went to evan city and like to just be in the same vein that you're talking about we went to Evan City because that's where my one of my favorite Romero film. Actually, my favorite Romero film is The Crazies, and it was shot there. Oh um, my god! Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and then we went to uh, the cemetery. I'm bowing down. Yes, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> you are worried. Dude, don't, don't worry, dude. Romero's Crazies is like yes. Okay, go on. You, you'll love that Lynn's going to be on our show here soon. Uh, like, oh. Yes, I would love. I'm gonna work with her one day. It's not even. I would love to. I'm going to. There you go. Yeah, exactly. But to to what you were saying, Stephanie, like we wouldn't have gone to Evan City and gone to like the Night of the Living Dead Cemetery if it wasn't for the fact that there's so much history there now, and that's kind of what you guys are creating for like this middle point like the place where like nothing really happens. You're giving them kind of that gift at the end of the day, and that's really fucking cool. That's really fucking cool. And what I really like about that is the fact that y'all are doing a drive-in. Y'all are bringing it back to, like, the way horror was supposed to kind of be viewed uh, from the get-go. Because that's why you have, like, all, like there's so... It's funny, like, how many horror shorts, uh, full-lengths, features, whatever, that have those scenes of, like, the guy hitting on the girl in the fucking uh, drive-in before everything goes to shit. Like, and it, it, it's, it's really cool that you guys uh, got the chance to perpetuate that. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor, Cody, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Taylor kind of was the driving force behind, behind the drive-in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Joe Bob Briggs guy. I, heard. I used to watch Monster <laughs> Vision back in the 90s with my brother mm-hmm. or with my grandpa before he passed. So I'm a big drive-in guy. And I always will be. And the fact that we have one of the only, there's maybe four or five in Northwest and in in like Northeast Ohio. So, you know, there's definitely pros and cons. Obviously having it in a theater, you know, that, you know, you got the surround sound and whatnot, but just to be able, like when we went to test out the, 
the film to make sure it was going to play. And like, you know, they started to, they, it was, there was just like four of us out there. And when, and when we were sitting there waiting for it to come up and, you know, the, the sky gets darker, the picture looks better, you know, it was just, it was just a cool experience. Not because it was a film that I was involved with making per se, but that was part of it. But it's just like, holy shit, I have a movie playing at a drive-in and it's in middle point. It's in a small podunk town. But it's still cool. To, yeah. Like, oh no, super cool. Like segue, like so that drive-in has hosted Harold Ramis. Oh, that's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, like they were yeah, like go in, go in the booth. They were like, you know, Ghostbusters, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like Harold Ramis. And I'm like, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna need like 30 minutes. So like, I, I need this. I need this moment. And honestly, but, I think I think the film's gonna look really good with some of the coloration choices that yeah. y'all had for like you know like some of the blue scenes that y'all do. I think so. You like that stuff with the the coloring on it? I do. I'm, I do. I'm asking from like the the end standpoint, like yeah. So I I like it because it's very uh, again like going back to Romero. It's very like right. Romero reminiscent where you would have like the blue filter over your camera, and that was your nighttime. So like using that in a different uh, context I thought was cool. Oh, uh, that was really cool. Uh, I wanted to come in and I wanted to make it feel like a, a 80s kind of movie. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think that came through pretty well. Um, I, like I said, we enjoy, we definitely enjoyed the movie. I'm excited for people to actually be able to experience it at a drive-in because, again, I just think that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's a vibe. <laughs> yeah, I agree. How did you all find the band for the first track that Izzy plays? Because I was a little curious about that. <laughs> the antibodies. Yeah, the antibodies. <laughs> Truthfully, so we cast Andre and Ryan. Well, and they got a hold of us and they're like, oh my God, we wrote a, a punk horror song about the Monster Squad. <laughs> and they're like, listen to our shit. And I was like, I fucking love you guys. And they're like, uh, can we write a theme song for your movie? And I'm like, I'm not going to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, um, can you give us some like money to get it into the into the studio so like out of pocket from a director like i paid 250 right. out of pocket as a director and i was like Just fuck yeah i love punk shit. yeah yeah i'm like you know cause i i i made i made money but not a ton of money on it so i'm like yeah take my money and they were like here's this kick-ass song and some t-shirts <laughs> and i was like Done. Best two hundred and fifty dollars I ever fucking Got spent. An antibody bundle. <laughs> um, they even they even sent me like a director's t-shirt to wear to the premiere. So there's only t there's only three t-shirts in existence with the same print. Nice. And one is in Spencer's bedroom or Izzy's bedroom. One Shane's wearing, and then I have one. <laughs> I like it. That they and and that's it. I was like, you have to discontinue that print after that. I was like, or we get money on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> but no he he they read the script and he like he like got with me on some of the lyrics and stuff and it was just unbelievable and then um i was listening to some of their old stuff and they had 90 years without slumber and i was like fuck i remember that twilight zone episode he's like fuck you <laughs> you know it's from you know it's from twilight zone and i was like can i have it <laughs> and he's like yes Give me it. <laughs> so he's like, no, nah. he's like, you can have whatever you want. Like, here's my library. Take it. Wow. <laughs> so um, they 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 were a huge part in the soundtrack. Um, Raymond Josart, uh, another big part. He did. I'm he did the whole like bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. 
with I'm fine and then uh all fucked up all fucked up, all fucked up and shit out of luck. Um Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it, it was a, it was kind of a seamless transition with like the mirror smashing into like these two different the same artist but the same kind of genre mm-hmm. and then we had the Colomont which is a Cincinnati based ma- band they did a Fate at Sun for like the Shane like looking up at the end like before he talks to Father Gabriel I, I'm a big soundtrack person I, I don't I don't know music well you definitely brought two composers on the show so I was just I about to ask <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I know what looks good yeah <laughs> when i when i see something i know if it sounds like i i can like visualize like audio yeah mm-hmm. i feel like i get that a lot too when i'm writing stuff like what the the ethos mm-hmm. is supposed to come oh with with having brandy and cody both on this show i'm like god damn i hope i didn't piss them off because i like i kind of <laughs> meshed some of their shit together because they it was written at different times but i was like fuck it fits mm-hmm and that was going to um, segue into my next question too. Is I, I'm curious, Brandy, what was that experience like coming onto this thing? And like you, you talked about it in the uh, episode itself, but uh, I'm I'm interested to hear you expand on that a little bit more, the composition side of things. Yeah. So Stephanie um, is awful. So yeah, I mean, I said in the in the uh, in the other part that uh, I this is my first time composing score, and. So I came to Stephanie's house and she was like, this is what I have in mind. This is what I want. This is your whole Whoa, she's making it way easier than it is to work with. I'm like, this is what I see. And it sucks because you're an audio person. So you have to hear what I see. <laughs> I'm hearing your brain waves. Visual aids and audio. I'm like, Professor X, like. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like she beamed it to my brain really well that I know Stephanie the way I know Stephanie because you know if someone that didn't know her came to this project and she was like all right I want you to do this and this but I see it like this they would be like what the fuck are you talking about mm-hmm. I would have got a I would have got a broken nose like, like someone yeah, would have hit me <laughs> yeah like yeah like are you are you tripping or something um, you show up with a collage <laughs> make it sound like this yeah. Cody worked on on his shitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Cody's toilet probably hasn't gotten. 
The porcelain god. That was the last no, it was... god. <laughs> right? Porcelain. Fuck you, Sutter Kane. I got you trumped. <laughs> I, it was cool because, like, for me, like, when I watch movies, like, even though I don't understand, like, music theory, like, music stands out to me. Yeah, I mean, like, it's still like whether or not it actually melts with what's happening. I was going to say, everybody can do music theory. They just don't know that they can. It's what sounds right and what doesn't sound right. Everybody has thing about music theory. Oh, and, and watching the film, I was like, okay, score, score, song, score, score, song, song, song. Mm-hmm. But, like, I got, you know, great score from Brandy, great score from Cody. And I was like, oh, fuck, they kind of match. So sitting and like sitting there and editing, I was like, I'm just going to try something. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, that worked. Worst case scenario, you hit undo. Yeah. Yeah, the cool thing was like, I would, I would just play around with sounds on my iPad. And I would like, so I would use the little digital on-screen piano. Mm -hmm. And I would hit a key. And Stephanie would be like, ooh, I like that sound. Or, no, that's not anything like what I want. <laughs> and I have no idea about music. I'm just like, I just see. I just see it. I see it. Because <laughs> cool. a couple of times I was just kind of dicking around. Um, if you're doing it on guitar, they call it noodling. Mm-hmm. Um, Fucking guitar players. <laughs> I was just kind of noodling around. And she was like, oh, let's use that. Record that. And then I would go back and pull something in that Cody had sent me four weeks prior. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if we lay this with this? And it, it kind of fit together in a way. Cody, like, and Cody, you can chime in at any point. Like, it was is a weird how it fits together. Yeah, you don't have to be muted the whole time just when you're not. <laughs> I, was, I was having a hard time hearing a little bit of what Brandy was saying. So I don't want to, like, uh, repeat what she said, but. Like no, listening me, to yeah. like your score and Brandy's score together and like what we were able to like kind of fit together, it was like, God damn, you would think they were in the same room. And I think that's the cool part about it because again, I I don't like I've I've been I've been a musician since like ten or eleven maybe. So going on twenty, thirty years now. So since eighteen eighty one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, for me it was just like I I had watched the movie so many times and like for me as a as a fan of the genre like you have your stories where you need the score to kind of overpower certain certain aspects of certain scenes uh, but with our with our film you, you have to the the tension in the the I guess I don't want to say so much the scariness fact the scare factor you have, it, it comes from the story and the sound. Like, it's not an overly gory film. There's not a lot of, you know, there's definitely no, like, heads getting chopped off and, and body parts coming off and stuff like that. So you have to listen to what's being said. And there's a fine balance between underlying tones to kind of set the mood and then being too score heavy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where I was at. Like I'd watched it so many times, I'm like, you know, there could, there's some spots that could use some stuff. But then I also, from Stephanie's point of view, you have to pay, you have to, you don't want like a overbearing score to take away from the dialogue. Cause there's, you know, you're watching kind of similar, obviously I don't, <laughs> but if you look at the movie we talked about the in the mouth of madness, it's a slow descent into just craziness. 
mm-hmm. and that's kind of it, par- our, our story parallels that to some extent you know you have this character who's flawed at the beginning but you want to see you're going to see the descent into something way worse and you have to be able to focus on the things being said but you also need that that sound or that you know bit of music or that score to or a sound effect even like a folly to kind of add to that so for me i didn't like i'd watch certain scenes and be like oh you know something could work there but i didn't like make a score i didn't come up with things based on a certain scene it just so happened that it was like the bob ross of composing like i put some stuff on my phone i sent it to her and it just (laughs) (laughs) happy little accident but it, it, it still is cool you know that our stuff fits so well so or fit so well together and the first time I'll, I'll ever like actually meet Brandy in person is is Thursday. Like, nice. so, <laughs> yeah. it was a cool cool thing to do. You know, I, I'm not big on the science of audio in terms of you know equalizing and leveling and stuff like that. But um, no, I suck at audio. Like, Don't look at me. My audio is where I suck. <laughs> but yeah, can so- we ask you guys questions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fucking be the, be the first people to ask us questions on the show. Go. All right. Me. So we're going to go into acting. OK, the strong, the strongest actor in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For me, it's Spencer. I was going to say Spencer. Yeah, as well. I, I think Spencer was absolutely fucking mesmerizing. I will say I would really like to give an honorary mention oh, to man. Andre because I think Andre fucking killed like i love always love the priests in in because i'm a big possession movie guy and i know again like this kind of teeters the line between you know uh cerebralism and and like the other aspects of like possession but i think andrew fucking or andre sorry andre fucking (laughs) andrew (laughs) Andre, fucking andrew delivered that shit yeah andre killed that role and i was i was a really big fan of it and obviously, like on our show, we're really big fans of Spencer. <laughs> I, I will say that I'm completely biased, and you have to understand that it's coming from a place. But yeah. What'd you guys think of Deborah as a nurse? I so I really loved that scene because it's it's funny because the scene in the movie is cut up a lot. Uh, it's very different than when you see it in the trailer because the trailer it almost feels longer, but there's like this shorter clip of Deborah as the nurse in the movie where it's very quick and it's very that hit completely Mm -hmm. different in the movie. And I, I fucking loved that Mm -hmm. scene. Um, Deborah had to carry a flask in her nurse pocket because her backstory for her character was she was an alcoholic nurse trying to deal with everyday struggles of the workforce. (laughs) Oh God, I missed the vein, (laughs) But but it was super, it was super cool to like see, see someone on that level of acting that has to have that extra like carry, even if you don't see it. Yeah, totally. totally. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I did miss it. So like, that's actually like a really cool piece uh, for the rewatch. Uh, the, and I'll be like looking for. Hopefully, it's got like. You know. <laughs> Where's that flask? <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. Um, we brought Ryan in um, just because we had the extra money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel that five dollars. <laughs> well, it was one of those things. I was like, "Well, fuck, we got like 
500 extra dollars like what can we do mm-hmm. rudy <laughs> fucking rudy <laughs> we can get fucking rudy in here we got sean why not pizza time <laughs> but like i don't know ryan come in he was just he was all he was he was for it oh totally um yeah i i thought like honestly the acting performances across the board were really awesome do you guys have more questions for us yeah take spencer out best performance um honestly for me it's probably andre yeah because i was really sold on a lot like again like i gravitate to as it's it's really funny because like i'm an atheist personally but i always find religion so fucking fascinating and i always gravitate to the father character when it's portrayed the way y'all portrayed it in this movie like if you look at something like the seventh day with uh uh god what's it guy pierce uh, yeah that that's that... so funny you mentioned that because i gave that to andre for like homework because <laughs> nice. it's so good and like that that's probably why i gravitated to his performance so much was really because that kind of like like exorcist father not like your garden variety like you know minister at a catholic church it's like okay this could exist yeah and honestly like i was a really how do i deal with it if it's real (laughs) right i was really uh was was it jackson everest that was the father in this uh jf davis was the father jackson everest was the teacher Oh, got right, right, right. Um, but I was a really big fan of his because I loved his dialogue. Uh, for yeah, like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, well, as a as a kid coming out, like I I kind of pulled from my own experience, like being an outcast, like lesbian in a small town community. Even though like Izzy's character isn't a lesbian. Mm-hmm. But I, I pulled from like what I went through with my dad when I, I retweaked the script a little bit with the writer Roberta Griffin. And I was like, look, like this is kind of what it's like in a small town. Oh, you totally. ignore you, you fucking ignore it. Yeah. And, and like just, and with what you're saying, like just the approach that he took, especially like the, you know, obviously we don't want to put a bunch of spoilers in here, but the conversation that he has with Catherine uh, played by Alicia Seaton later was fucking gold because i love the the dichotomy that kind of separates where it's like well you need to be a better fucking mother fuck you fuck you really like right. that's that's the best you got is you got. fuck you like, yeah. it was it, it was one of those things like we were talking about in uh the episode that we had where i really like dialogue that it's not necessarily that it's immersion breaking or anything like that but it it kind of hits comedically in a certain way mm-hmm in comparison to like the rest of the movie you know and i i i really really loved that scene and even just like seeing uh alicia seaton just kind of like by the end right. <laughs> was really good I, I don't know you cody brandy you guys got anything you want to throw at them like i feel like i feel like we get interviewed and we should interview people that's a that's a funny flex to me. Yeah, no, like that's I, I that's mean, awesome. Or, yeah. like, it hit me a little sideways, but I was like, yeah, ask me. I don't I don't give a fuck. Let's go. <laughs> ask me about I think I think know. there is there is some aspect of Yeah, Cody stuff. Like, oh, you don't have your headphones. We're going we're going on six years on this project. So it's like we wanna, you know, we've worked so hard to get it done and get it out there. Like I, I like hearing people's opinions. 
because you know opinions are like assholes everyone's got one and sometimes they gel with what you're doing and other times they don't so mm-hmm. i mean that's again as a producer or whatever the hell i i am at this point like <laughs> uh, you know while i wasn't calling action and cut like you know we it was, stephanie and i were in the trenches for set design and you know costume design and and I mean, we've kind of done a little bit of everything, even though sometimes, like I said, I... I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, every every bit of it was like, I've been in certain seats and Cody had never been in any seat. And I was like, here's a Google video. Watch it. <laughs> You're a gaffer now. <laughs> <laughs> luckily on gaffing, like we, we kind of knew with the lighting aspect what to do, luckily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was so much of it that came in and it was like, just me and Cody and it was like what the fuck do we do <laughs> and there's just no other well, way to learn. again too I'm I'm one of those people that if I don't know something I try my best to to figure it out so yeah I'm and I'm one of those people I'm like it. I'm just gonna lie until I make it right yeah totally so, so, so like even now on, uh, on like the distribution end and stuff like that I'm learning shit every day because when you're wiping butts and giving shots for a living for almost 20 years, you don't really learn how to do that kind of stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm going to give it my best, but you know, it's been a, it's been good to have Stephanie there because you know, she knows. Cause I'm an asshole. (laughs) No, I, I get pissed off middle of the night. I'm like, fuck you. I got paid for my job. I'm on time posters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's like but please like it's our project and i'm like okay i got you this time (laughs) yeah john will get text for me at like three uh, but but no i I think cody and i have like a brother sister kind of relationship (laughs) with like we we love each other but we fucking hate each other (laughs) (laughs) well it just goes back to you know we all have things going on outside of this movie but we put so much time into it and it's like when one of us gets frustrated, the other one's like, hey, fuck you. Get your shit together. Like, we're not done yet. And when the other one's bitching about something, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I did this, so quit bitching. Like, <laughs> I think I, I think our last conversation of bitching was like, I did X, Y, and Z. And Cody's like, fuck you. You're going through some personal shit. <laughs> I'll forgive you. Bring me receipts. <laughs> but please believe that. <laughs> but, it be but we that love each other. And again, I don't taking it out on. But me. we I love each other at the end of the day. Like we we love each other, and I don't know. I would I would fucking bleed for this motherfucker. I just think that that's the nature of collaboration in general. I mean, there has to be a level of like thick skinnedness where you have to acknowledge that like all of this is coming from a place of like desire to make the best thing we possibly can, and you are going to mixed in with personal experience, right? You are going to like you want you want the film, but life is falling apart. Yep. Yep. But you want the film. And there are people that can't take criticism and there are people that get Any upset. On that? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Personal experiences, certainly. Um, but it, cause the thing is, is when that, when that first person breaks, when that first crack hits, you know, the bridge falls out. Right. And unless you, someone you, is right there, you just have to, yeah, you have to constantly be in this mindset of like, it doesn't matter how South this goes from like a verbal exchange standpoint, we're all on the same team here. And we, I got you for the first foot. Yeah. You get me for a foot and a half. Right. I got you for three. (laughs) Yeah. You got me for a foot and a half. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird exchange. Like I, I think with indie filmmaking, people don't recognize that stuff 
so much like on the team aspect and that's why like bringing in composers like people don't give them credit in indie film 100 percent, and they should and we talk about that like, all the time yeah. about how everybody like your makeup artist your <clears throat> composers your fucking special effects your fucking look brandy's my composer but she's like my best friend yeah. right and you know there's been nights i i've i puked in a bucket next to her <laughs> And she wasn't doing music, but it was like, hey, I just need you. To, I need you. To, I need you to be my friend. She's like, I got you. There's the big gay Home Depot bucket. <laughs> <laughs> just five gallons of vomit. Yeah. I it think was it was half a, of a C-3PO. Yeah, it, it, it was my Star Wars trash can. <laughs> the bottom half of a C-3PO. These are and not the droids he, you're looking for. <laughs> I, I bet they wish they weren't that night. Right. <laughs> you, you go through these things where like people they become family and i know that sounds like yeah, cliche to say because people throw that around but like vin diesel throws i don't know <laughs> yeah well i am i am vin diesel there's, there's but like you know I, nick long he played the stoner classmate in demons right. within and he's coming in and he's doing some gaffing and set design and acting on the next film i'm working on like awesome. you just you collect people and you you see their worth and you see what they are willing to learn and you just collect them as you go and you keep going right mm -hmm. and i just um, think people in general burn bridges too quickly you know what i mean oh no i i burn those motherfuckers but I, piss on them. I, piss, I burn them but i piss on them quick right yeah <laughs> oh i was just saying you know stephanie i mean we know about burning bridges because you know, I hate to use the overused cliche, but sometimes you get handed chicken shit and you got to figure out how to make chicken salad. But Oh, no, I'm an asshole. Get, I tell people how it is. No, it has nothing to do. I'm not talking specifically about you, but I'm sure if you think hard enough, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, no. Like, uh, well, the, the you get that, that, you get that salad and you're ready to mix it with the mayonnaise and then the chicken comes back and shits on well, your salad again. Cody, like, are you quick to signing a distro contract? um I'll, I'll let it no. fly okay then i can't let it fly okay I mean, I I we're getting being an asshole with being honest exactly and there is and, and there is an indelible line between being an asshole and being honest and people will dip no it's all the same it, it's it that those are well and see i just disagree i think that those are two very different things i think you can be perceived as an asshole but if it's coming from a place of honesty and love and just bluntness right you know that's me yeah i think that's all gravy any idea where that comes from well that's what i was about to say is i love that we're having this conversation Too pride all of us all of us having suffered some level of experience that cost us yeah, something we cared very deeply about because of the d direction the conversation went but it that's why the nature of collaboration is i'm not homo Right. Your homo. <laughs> no homo, guys. Well, I think the I think the biggest the biggest thing with people is is and I'm one of those people is I don't like hearing when I don't do something well or I suck or or I'm not being the best that I can be. Whether it's in my marriage, my ability as a dad, my nursing, you know, nobody likes to hear. See, that I I love right. that. I love to hear where I let people down so I can get better. Exactly. Well, exactly. And that's what I was getting to, like, and, and a lot of people shut down and, and give up. But, you know, over the years, I've learned you have to, like, sit back and retrospectively take a look at what the person is telling you and, and 
you know, come to some sort of realization that, yeah, you know, your best intentions might not be good enough sometimes or, um, and, and that's a constant struggle in, in tons of aspects of your life. But mm-hmm. in filmmaking, it's what I've learned is, is there's a lot of people who want to tell you that you're good. You fucking suck because you, you suck because you are doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even even on the distribution end, like you know, you're talking to people and, and they can blow smoke up your ass, but then you know you you learn later on, like maybe they don't have your best interest. Correct. So, no, you know, do you want to rush into something? Level. Do you want to ru- rush into something that's gonna bite you in the ass on the way back, or maybe you know? look at it as maybe I'm not failing at this aspect of it, but am I waiting for the best opportunity to, you know, move forward? And it sucks sometimes. Like it, it sucks. Like I told, I remember the first email I got back that said, you know, this movie's probably not the best fit for our company. And I'm like, Oh, oh shit. my God. Oh, but shit. you sent it to cut entertainment. I was like, they're all slasher, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, and you have, but you have to, you have to constantly. But then, like, blood, sweat, yeah, and honey comes in. Like, they're like, shoot. "We want it," and I'm like, "Big Lebowski," <laughs> and as a lesbian kissing Jessica Stein, like, wait a minute, I feel like we won. The dude abides. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, like, I mean, I, I, the cut the collaboration the cut entertainment. I was like, aspects. dude, I get it. Like, it yeah. sucks getting it's it sucks getting like let down. Like, oh no, you're not gonna fit. And I'm like, they're all slasher. <laughs> we did okay. those things it goes back to looking looking in, in, inside of the situation and like saying that to yourself like mm-hmm. yeah well you know our movie doesn't have <clears throat> heads flying off and you know shit like that so maybe it's not the best fit it's not that our movie oh we have no we titties job. <laughs> yeah. we have, we have you know not, I mean? not one titty <laughs> they're not nearly we, we might have some like bts footage of like maybe brandon prude or jake reynolds titties but not even <laughs> mine and mine mine are like cinematic quality <laughs> i have like the perfect aerial and nipple por- proportion and coloring ever but like it's wasted you don't even have to pay yourself. right yeah i'm just like oh behind the scenes yeah there you go you're lucky <laughs> really really it, really good it, stuff yeah good point it, it's hard to it's hard to market something without that kind of push yeah totally um i know with spencer like there was a scene where uh jeff davis was supposed to like kiss spencer and I'm, he made it uncomfortable mm-hmm. and she's like i'll do it if you want me to and i was like no like yeah. like like jeff made this uncomfortable for everyone and she's like no i'll do it i'll do it and i'm like you don't have to like i'll fix it right yeah totally um, um because it wasn't necessary to the story mm-hmm. right right and I actually caught some flack for that. I just shot uh, my first short film uh, about three or four weeks ago. And somebody was like, well, how come there's no, or I mean, is there any nudity in it? I'm like, well, first of all, it's a short film. Second of all, I had zero budget. So who the fuck do you think I'm going to pay to take their fucking top off to mm-hmm. begin with? I like, mean, if they want titties for demons within, I'll be like the opening fucking secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it cuts from like the book and the pages. I might, I, yeah, like I might be like fucking 40, but I have nice boobs. So like get them while you can. Cause in like two years, they're not going to be, they're not going to be so nice. 
Well, it'll um, be the scariest monsters or the ones that lurk within our souls. Gratuitous shit shot. Seventy nipples. Yeah. Well, guys, I think. Uh, so oh, yeah. Sorry. So our our opening is from Nicholas Fence from Hellraiser Nightbreed. Um, Nick is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's written a lot of great books. Uh, his biggest one is uh, the monsters inside of us. Inside us. No. Yeah. No, monsters. Will you look at my bookcase real quick? Uh, so he was a chattering Cenobite yeah. from Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Vince, he got a hold of me. He was like, "Hey, you're doing a great film. I love the Edgar Allan Poe aspect. Can I can I help?" He gave us his voice for free. Hell yeah! So our opening Edgar Allan Poe quote is read by Nick Vince uh, from Hellraiser. That's Super so sick. cool. Um, just cool. just because he just because he's like, "Hey, let me give you a pat on the back." kind of thing and then uh spencer spencer was uh spencer was easy not so easy she wanted like hair color before filming and shit like that but um i don't know in hindsight i wish i would have given her the money because she was worth it (laughs) 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 but up front i was like nah bitch like it's not my fault you got your hair (laughs) like who the fuck are you um that's why they make venmo yeah. Merry no, I'm not sending her money. I'm going through a divorce. <laughs> she can't have my money. <laughs> my shit's more expensive than hers. I'll, I'll drive her to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Andre and Ryan, that, that was kind of a, a fanboy point for me and Cody. Totally. That's incredible. It was one of those things where we're like, we can put whoever we want in this role. We're going to do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah Foreman was it a shot. In there real quick. Oh, I was yeah. going to say. One of the big things, and Andre talks a lot about this in interviews and stuff. If anyone who like listens to this or watches this is is trying to make a movie and you want to get a certain person or you want to approach a certain person, just have your ducks in a row, have a schedule, and reach out. A lot of these people, dude. I reached out to Stephen Dorf. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) You want to know what I was told? He's a hundred thousand dollars a day. <laughs> and I said, I can't afford that. And they're like, well, send the script over. He'll read it and maybe do it for like less than a thousand a day if it's a good script. $95,000 a day. <laughs> but you never know until you ask. Sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. And I think that's, that's where people... I'm, I'm a pretty reserved person. And if, if I've learned anything from this, is you got to, you got to put yourself out there and you're going to get a lot of no's, but like, but you know, you're gonna get I that one, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I never make another film again or help with another film again, I could say that I made this movie and you know got to work with some people that I look up to as actors. And but you have to be willing to put yourself and your project out there and just be prepared so you can answer any questions. And I mean, that's pretty pretty describes pretty much in detail how we ended up with the cast we ended up with in terms of you know, our named people put it out there and see what happens. Sometimes you yeah, get lucky. I mean, what's no, no's two letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, fuck it. I think that's a brilliant point to land on for the conclusion there. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I really, no, you got a dream. You got a passion. Go for it. Yeah. Ask <laughs> Jameson Newlander from lost boys. That's a we, we almost had a fucking frog brother. <laughs> Keith but... Coogan. Like you never know. Ask. Yep. yeah and like 
they're saying, guys, if you're listening right now, don't let your fucking dreams be dreams. Mm-hmm. Make your movie, write your script, do your thing. Uh, let's know your it. know your budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give it up for Stephanie and Brandy and Cody. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. This has been so much fun. Y'all have been this like, honestly, this feels like we need a part two at some point. Um, so, oh, yeah, because I could drink more PVR with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have that aesthetic. <laughs> you guys should just come to the fucking premiere and like, I'll drink PVR with you live. We can stream live. As well, Yeah, I would love to. I'm also poor right now. Most, most of our uh, Patreon budget, which if you're listening right now, thank you guys for donating to that um kind of went to wolf hollow premiere on this last one so that being said if y'all wind up doing touring and stuff like that definitely let us know because we would love to show up for some of that shit absolutely yeah, we got some festivals are waiting to hear back on right now i think we're supposed to hear back on one today but i've been checking feverishly and haven't seen anything yet but we're starting the festival circuit i'm working on distribution so hopefully with by the end of the year it'll be out and people can watch it hell yeah well, if you guys are listening right now, make sure you're following at the Demons Within Official uh, on Instagram for updates as well as us, which hopefully if you are listening to this, you already follow us at uh, Under the Floorboards 5 on Instagram. And we will also be keeping all these updates as we find them, uh, So, which is super exciting. And we're going to do a Deborah Foreman Valley Girl episode, right? Yes. Yeah. At this point, fuck it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I will turn Valley Girl into a horror movie. I don't give a fuck. Dude, I can do it easier than you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys once again for joining us. We're Creeks and Cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. Thank you guys so Cricks. much for being on. Crick. Crick. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you.